In Jesus' name we have prayed. Lord, thank you. We give you praise. You are good. You are God. You are wise. Thank you. In your wisdom, you are executing things around us. You are executing judgment as is necessary. You are showing mercy to those who deserve or who ask you for mercy. Lord, we give you praise. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's take our seats. I want to talk about the warrior's perspective. Do you know what I said? The Lord is good. I want to talk about the warrior's perspective. I want to just explain something. Nothing new, just the same things we have been trying to explain to ourselves again and again. Just feel like I'm emphasizing this today. Can you open your Bibles to the book of Deuteronomy chapter 32? I want to read something there. Now, this scripture, I just want to apply it. I won't say I fully, well, we're not discussing fully about it. Neither do I fully understand it, but every time I think about it, this is what comes to my mind. The book of Deuteronomy chapter 32. Just to enjoy the reading, let's start from verse 1. Where we are going is verse um, 9. But I want to just enjoy the reading. Can we read together? We don't do that often. If you feel like reading, say amen. All right, let's read together from verse 1. 1 to let's go. Give ear, O heavens, and let me speak. And let the earth hear the words of my mouth. Let my teaching drop as the rain, my speech distill as the dew, as the droplets on the fresh grass, and as the showers on the herb. Verse 3. For I proclaim the name of the Lord, ascribe greatness to our God. Verse 4. The rock, his work is perfect. For all his ways are just, a God of faithfulness and without injustice, righteous and upright, is he. Verse 5, they have acted corruptly toward him. They are not his children because of their defect, but are a perverse and crooked generation. Do you thus repay the Lord, O foolish and unwise people? Is not he your father who has brought you? He has established you. Remember the days of old. Consider the years of all generations. Ask your father and he will inform you. You elders, the elders, and they will tell you. When the Most High gave the nations their inheritance, he separated the sons of man. When he did that, he set the boundaries of the peoples according to the number of the sons of Israel. For the Lord's portion is his people. Jacob is the allotment of his inheritance. I want to stop in verse 9 here. Now, why I read that is, uh, sorry, I missed my lines once in a while as we we're reading. Uh, why I read that specifically is verse 8, uh, of course, into verse 9. When the Most High gave the nations their inheritance, when he separated the sons of man, he set the boundaries of the peoples according to the number of the sons of Israel. For the Lord's portion is his people. Jacob is the allotment of his inheritance. I want to just stop reading here. You see why I'm talking about this um, in a moment. Again, let's open our Bibles also. I think we should quickly read this. The book of Isaiah, chapter 11. For time's sake, we, I'm going to just briefly, I'm going to rush, read in a hurry, and then I slow down where I want to get to. And from verse 1, Then the shoot will spring from the stem of Jesse, and a branch from his roots will bear fruit. 
The spirit of the Lord will rest on him, spirit of wisdom, understanding, counsel, strength, knowledge, and the fear of the Lord. He will delight in the fear of the Lord, will not judge. I think all of us should read this verse 3. And he will delight in the fear of the Lord, and he will not judge by what his eyes see, nor make a decision by what the newspapers tell him. All right. <laughs> the Lord is good. I needed to put that one in. He will not make a decision by what his ears hear. He said, but with righteousness he will judge the poor and decide with fairness for the afflicted of the earth. He will strike the earth with the rod of his mouth, and with the breath of his lips he will slay the wicked. And righteousness will be the belt about his loins, and faithfulness the belt about his waist. Notice verse 6, separated in my Bible into another paragraph. And the wolf will dwell with the lamb, and the leopard will lie down with the young goats, and the calf and the young lion, and a fatling together. Everybody's going to be at peace, he was saying. And the little boy will lead them, and also the cow and the bear will graze. Their young will lie down together, and the lions will eat straw like the ox. The nursing child will play by the hole of the cobra, and the wind child will put his hand in the viper's den. They will not hurt or destroy in all my holy mountain. For the earth will be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. They will not hurt in all my holy mountain. The mountain that Daniel prophesied will fill the earth. The mountain that Daniel prophesied will cover everything. This was the mountain that Daniel saw as the one that was going to come last that grew out of that stone that broke that statue. Do you remember that, that stone? Yes. That mountain is going to cover the earth, literally. And this is the effect that it's going to have. Let me explain something. Naturally, by warrior's mentality. What did I call my message? Warrior's perspective. Good. Yes. Uh-huh. You know, sometimes newspapers drive our agenda. That's why I said we have to be careful that we don't make judgments based on what we hear. Do you understand? Every, well, of course, we still have the duty to respond to things that are filling the air, but with the knowledge of the Word of God. And for that reason, I want to speak briefly about what is going on around. Because you see, unless you have faith, there is no understanding. You are walking in confusion, except your heart is, your mind is stayed on Him. He will put, He will, how does this say again? Isaiah 26. That we, Keep in perfect peace. That's the word. I'm looking for the word keep. He will keep in perfect peace the person whose heart, mind is stayed on him for he trusts in him. I like the fact that I use the word mind because when we're reading the Greek especially, the word mind does not refer to just your thoughts. It refers to how you interpret. Do you understand my point? How It's not just what you're thinking of, but how you are making sense of what you are seeing in life. He said, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That is your value system. That is the things that matter to you. If you see money on the table, what does it mean? If you see calamity in the news, what does it mean? Do you understand my point? And that is what defines worldliness. Worldliness is not just how you dress. Those are the less important things about worldliness. Worldliness is the way your mind works. Do you understand my point? When a man, for example now, if I tell you now that, uh, ah, that my best friend has become the governor, the governor of his state, you know, some people like, ah, Omo, 
we don't hammer. Are you getting my point? Now we are in power. Do you understand? The typical mind, the typical heart starts conjuring up prosperity. We are now in power. I mean, if you're typical Nigerian that I know, that is what the Bible calls worldliness. Do you follow my point? That is what the Bible calls worldliness. The fact that you now see that my best friend is not the governor of a state or <laughs> he becomes the president. Those who are looking for a block will now suddenly become my friends. You understand what I'm saying? People that didn't know me before, they'll be so nice to me. They'll say, oh, Pastor, you've been a blessing. I brought you a car. All the time I was striking, they did not, I was not a blessing. Do you understand? All the time I did not, I mean, my friend was not becoming president. Nobody dashed me motor car. They saw me crossing the road, stopping Keke. Nothing, no. But when they now hear, so they now realize you've been a blessing. <laughs> so, boy, this blessing, this blessing I've been is suspicious. Leave it. Now, you see, that is what the Bible calls worldliness. That is suddenly, people are beginning to look at it. That this is our opportunity to grab money, become influential, rich, and all of that. That is the meaning of worldliness. Is how you interpret things. Please bear in mind. So when the Bible says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. How you interpret things. Without faith, that's where I began from, you have no understanding. Without faith, your interpretation is wrong. Your mind is faulty. Life has very little reality, I'm telling you, in itself. Is faith that brings reality to things. See, I said, I preached something here some time ago. You can create, how do I explain it? You know, okay, let me not even go there now. You can create what you will think is real hmm, by the way you interpret things. But what you don't understand is that your interpretation puts substance into the things and then when they happen physically, you will think you were right, but you were not right. What just happened was that you put in the spiritual force to bring that thing to pass. Please, try and follow me. What really happens in life, okay? It goes on in our heart. There are spiritual things. So the interactions of life, they are spiritual. Please, follow what I'm going to explain. So sometimes it is hard. Now, let's see why I'm saying this. It's hard to really tell what is true. If, now, let me say something to you, those of you who live in southern Nigeria, and who are southerners, who believe you have, people try to tell you that you have enemies from northern Nigeria. No, you don't. I hope you know it's a lie, okay? What I want you to understand is that if you go over there too, you know, many of you read some, some newspaper, okay? Which I never read, okay? Take news from newspaper, put it down, then travel to Kaduna and buy the late trust. Read the two of them. You know two people are at war. See, the way you paint invasion of the south, are you getting my point? The way you paint it, go and read their own newspapers. When they start killing too, you think they are on the offensive. They think they are on the defensive. That's why papers like that, I don't touch them. It's a bond of rubbish. Look, one day, our prayers will close newspapers down. Just watch it. Bunch of nonsense. Because they don't realize, listen, you go to the other end. When you see what they write about you, and the guy writing it is just as sincere as the guy writing his own down here. That they can be both lying or both telling the truth. Be careful. That is why, let me tell you something. Alright? Because you can create things. 
don't ever, no matter how true it appears, don't forward anything that's accusatory and divisive. Don't. Don't. You must not be the one that pushed it. Listen, the things I forward are either supposed to make you laugh or edify you. People say that if it's a joke now, you forward it. I'm very, before, you know, right now, I'm proud to forward jokes. Because if I do, all you do is laugh. And someone the other day, I forwarded it to a number of people. I don't know how many of you got it from me. They, they caught uh, Ronaldo and Messi on Okada between El or uh, <laughs> and Benin looking for their village people. <laughs> When they sent both of their home in one day, they found them on Okada. <laughs> Look, I had a very good laugh. I forced such things because we are going to laugh. How are the mighty falling? You know, that kind of thing. It's, it's funny. You have to be very careful. You see where I'm going, believers. I said we're talking about the warrior's perspective, right? Now, I'm not going to bring out something to you us here. You must understand that spiritual battle, that's the way they are. Each person is a warrior. Each person is serving somebody's agenda, whether he knows it or she does not know it. Everybody is serving somebody's, uh, somebody's agenda. So that is why, no matter who's presenting facts, be very careful. No matter who. And you know, <laughs> I, I have some scientific background, and I, especially with drugs. Drug companies make facts say anything they like. It's just so you can bite. I told you about this. The man, the professor of uh, cardiology, came to Nigeria here from Belgium or so thereabout and gave us lectures. That day my eyes opened and showed us how drug companies twist facts. And they are facts, so you can't hold them. They present the data to you just to make you buy a drug you don't need. By the time the man was done that day, I opened my mouth like, ah, oh boy. Don't trust him, my though. Human beings are very wicked by nature. They don't have your interest at heart. Be, Christians, be careful. Whether it seems like fact or doesn't seem like fact, don't forward it. If it is accusatory, if it is divisive. I'll tell you by a Christian perspective that we must bear in mind. I said something that day. He said, in evil be children. Remember that? Now, if in doubt, you take the risk. What I mean by take the risk is that, that's one of the things about, about being a Christian. Say, okay, if this, if, if you say there is no, there's no agenda, which I said there's an agenda. I hope you know. I hope you know Nigeria has an Islamic agenda. Do you know that? Everybody has an agenda. I hope you know Christians have their own agenda too. I hope you are aware of that. In fact, woe to the church without an agenda. I hope you get my point. God with Jesus will deny them. The church without an agenda is lukewarm. And Jesus has told us what he would do with lukewarm people. So don't worry about an agenda. It is righteous to have an agenda. If you don't have an agenda, you don't have a religion. You don't have any faith. You don't have any purpose. In fact, you're dead meat. You're useless to this earth if you don't have an agenda. All of us are agenda people. When I get up, travel to the corner to go and stay there for a week preaching the gospel, what do you think that is? When you finish praying, what is, what is, is that not your agenda? If you follow me to Sokotoran Pastor College, he's shouting on the speaker. <laughs> You'll be like, oh God, I thought they said this is a Muslim state. You'll be screaming, Jesus is Lord! Holy Ghost! <laughs> That's what they call agenda shout. <laughs> he, look, 
Everybody has an agenda. So don't be, don't scare me with Islamic agenda. Shame on you if you are afraid of Islamic agenda. It shows your God is asleep. You have exchanged the God of Psalm 121 for the God of uh, the mountains, yes. Your God is asleep. That's why you are afraid of people's agenda. If you had your own agenda, to so don't scare you. I told them when they say that they are building Turkish schools in Nigeria, eh, where they want Islamization, I say it's because you don't have an agenda. If we had, if we had an agenda, you know what we'll do? We'll give them land next to King, King Covenant University. So there will be Covenant University here and the Turkish University next door. You know what happened to Elijah? He said, bring the sacrifice. Look, let's see the God that is alive. Why? We are afraid. We are afraid of to sacrifice. If we were not afraid, if our name was Elijah, you say, alright, you say your, your prophet is the correct one, no problem. Come and take land beside Covenant University. Then let's watch for 15 years. The God that has power. If our gospel does not break your walls and convert all your teachers, then it is a dead gospel. If we're sure of that gospel, we will not be afraid. If I will be happy that since we cannot go to Turkey to preach, you are going to bring your teachers to us. And they will be praying. You will bring us all your young men and young women who will marry all of them. All. None is going back. That will be our prayer. Just bring them down. We send all our five five boys to Covenant University. <laughs> With the power of the Holy Spirit. That's what I mean. They're not going to play. They will pray for all of you. You will give your life to Christ. You will speak in tongues. You will deny your citizenship. We wed you at... at you will close your university by yourself. That is, when you see the rate of fire of the Holy Spirit, you will send us an Islamic cleric. After two years, he's speaking in tongues. You'll be shouting, Jesus is Lord. Ah, is our God not alive? If we can't do that, then we are deceiving ourselves. So please, that agenda thing, it doesn't worry me at all. That is why all the people have interpreted all the people coming down to the south. Do you understand? As if it's invasion. Some other people have interpreted that. In fact, there's a man, he gave me the, the book, Scattered to be Gathered, that, by John Edoko. That's the name of his book, G- Scattered to be Gathered. The book is on evangelism, how to evangelize people who have scattered from their own places. Which is why the, the offering we gave here last time, you, you've delivered it, right? Yes, we have given it to them. Because they are gathering people who scattered. We took gifts to them, say, we believe in what you are doing. This is our little contribution to your work. You, on Sunday, you can go and fellowship with them. They have their church somewhere near that new artisan. This thing there. They sing in Hausa. Praise God in Hausa. Pray in Hausa. And the man preaches in Hausa language. Some are saying, it's invasion, it's invasion. No. They said, these people have been moved by God down to where we can catch them. Yeah, we can't go up there. And God has brought them down here. Can you see perspective? Very different. And what I said by trying to emphasize to us is that anyone you latch on to is the one that will come to pass in your life. Is one that will come to pass in your environment. I hope you are getting my point. Anyone you you hold on to is what will come to pass. If you keep and that you know what is paining me, ha, ah, pastors. Now to go to church, decent church now is hard. It was hard before because of money. Now it is hard because of the crisis in the country. When they raise prayer points, you'll be wondering, who are they praying to? What do they want him to do? We'll pray for the president that he will not come back in 2019. Let us pray. 
Is that a prayer point? My wife said she went to church on Sunday. She kept on listening to word versus word inside church. And because <laughs> between, you know, the women in kingdom when I've noticed all of them, they wear very nice beads. But it's actually earphone. <laughs> so nobody in church suspected. They just put earphone like this. <laughs> they hear prophetic word on radio. But nobody suspected because now fine beads just put on for neck inside church. Why did she do that? She was tired of what the people were saying. She was tired of hearing what she couldn't stomach. He said, well, since, since the word is going on on radio, just put the thing, put it on there. He said, no, be church. What I would do in the church is not to hear the word of God. No, it pains my heart. I really believe, seriously, seriously, we have to start training pastors. And really, we are, we are starting that in kingdom word. Starting it. I'm not joking. I don't want to say anything. I will take the announcement on Saturday. Train people. You know, Paul said to Timothy, what I've given you, commit to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. We need to spread this truth. Because in the guise of prayer, what we are doing is strengthening Satan's hands in the realm of the spirit. We're not, no. Generally, church, the way we pray, Satan's hands are being strengthened. We instill fear into people. We make them feel as if they are under attack. When we are supposed to explain that they are the ones that are supposed to be on the offensive. So they keep on praying prayers, God, deliver us, deliver us, deliver us. And God said, are you in trouble? You know, if let's assume you go home now. I tell my children, let us pray this morning, that the roof of our house will not collapse. This roof will not collapse. This roof will not collapse. Father God, we confess, the roof will not collapse. First thing, I, I know somebody like Omena, who said, Daddy, is there anything wrong with the roof? That will be the first question she will ask. Why? Because, look, last week you didn't tell us to pray, that you now go, Uncle Bishop, what happened to the roof? <laughs> I don't know what I get to my point. If I go home and raise that prayer point, my children will be confused. Every day we pray. We pray for understanding. We pray that we walk in the will of God every single day. We pray that God will bless the church in Nigeria to advance, to know the truth. So they are used to that. They come here. They hear the way we pray. So if we now get up in the morning and say, let us pray, that no which will attack this home, they are going to look at it, Daddy, wake up. Because they are going to wonder, what happened? Who is chasing you? Which is precisely what we do when we go to church and we raise the kind of prayer points we are raising. We are threatening Christians. We are removing their faith. We are removing their confidence. We are turning them to people who are scared. And instead of us generating faith in the realm of the spirit, we are generating unbelief. We are generating doubt. We are strengthening the hands of Satan. And eventually, you know what will happen? What we are afraid of will come to pass. I want to ask all of you listening to me today. No matter, even if they say you are taking a risk with your life, gladly do it. That you have to know what is going on. Say, I don't want to know it. You are burying your head in the sand. That sand is the word of God. It's a good place to bury your head. I want you to understand that. Because Satan has devices. And many Christians today are falling for the devices of the devil. And they think they are being reasonable. You know, I started by saying, without faith, you don't have any understanding. How, how do I know? The Bible says, by faith, we understand. I like that reading of that scripture. By faith, we understand. The full thing is that, that the words were framed by the word of God. So that what we see did not come out of the things which are visible. Listen, let me give you a few facts. Now, listen to these facts. Now, first, before I give you the facts, 
I hope you know. No, it's their Bible facts. So I didn't return it in any way. Just Bible facts. I hope you know that the Bible is true. Now, I want to say something that will scare you a bit. Okay, no, it won't scare you. Just information. I hope you know when Israel was wiping out the Philistines. No, the Amorites, the Hittites, the Jebusites, the the Perizzites, all those heights, 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 all of those, all those people, the Canaanites. I hope you know it was not nice. I hope it was headsmen attacking them. I hope you know it was. I hope you know that there was nothing, there was no army. The Amorites, the Canaanites, the Jebusites, the Perizzites, the Hittites, there was no army they could raise to stop it. Why? Because the hand of the Lord was against them. I'm trying to get you to think the way Christians reason. There's nothing you could have done to stop Israel from pushing those people out. Why? Because God said, I am removing them. The word of the Lord was, I am removing them. You see where I'm going with all this talk I'm talking. When I see people push things around sometimes, I said these people had better be unbelievers. If they are people of faith, they are talking ignorantly. People talk about they want to take over our territory. You know, I don't know who they is. I don't know who our is because I'm not aware of any Christian territory. If you are doing our, 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 you're just being southernistic. You know, there's nationalistic. You understand my point? <laughs> you're just, you're just, you're just being, I don't know which word to use again. You're just putting yourself, so as a Christian, you should be on the side of right and wrong. Forget all this one there. So they are come to take our, you don't have, have you bought land? It says my village land, from which village? You're not from anywhere. If you are a true Christian, you are from above. Are you getting my point? Yeah, and this is a Christian perspective. I'm telling you the truth. But you want to react to things. See, I'm giving you Christian perspective, facts from scriptures. If God decides, I'm removing people, I'm replacing them, they have to move. If they don't move, he will kill them. They will die by famine. There are three basic ways people die. By sword, by pestilence, by famine. Bear it in mind. Next question you should always ask is, why was he removing the people? He told them it was because of their what? Iniquity. Look, that's why Christians always pray and go to God and ask for mercy. What I'm saying is that because no matter what you do otherwise, if God says, I'm all right, you are going, you are going. Listen to me. Let me tell you what happens. When the Amorite strengthens himself so well, Militarily, when God says he's going to remove him, what will happen to him next? God, God will tell the angel, leave military advance. Let's humor them. Get, let them have enough weapons. So they will defend themselves in their land. He now say, now from the center of them, raise pestilence for me. You know what happened to the Assyrian soldiers? 185,000 died in one night. The Bible says one, one angel went there. Not two, one angel. Now, how did that angel manifest? This is what I think. This is what I think. I'm not saying I read it in the Bible. I'm just saying it because I know the way this thing happened. The angel would just come, <laughs> blow cold spell on them. They will all freeze to death in one night. Then the geographers will start writing stories. The climatologists will start telling us, El Nino. I know it's hot, but I mean, I don't know what else to use to describe cold. You understand my point? They will say there was one cold, and, and the place being hot, the soldiers would not have planned for it. You wake up in the morning, all the soldiers have died of, they will have died of hypothermia. So all the weapons they gathered, who will now wield those weapons? 
Sometimes when God is angry, and listen to me, this happens a lot. Among those who say they will defend their land, they start fighting. No, this is your defense line. No, this is my defense line. I'm warning you, I'm the first son of this clan. My great-grandfather has told us that our father was the first. Remember, the story will start. Then they will draw a sword, which they had planned to use against Israel. You saw it many times in the Bible. They will draw it against themselves. Everybody with that Israel will just come, pick the free weapons, free food, feed everything, bury the bodies, and take the land free of charge. And it's all this political noise. Christians don't get involved. You go and pray. Because the only thing that sustains peace, I said it last time, is what? The mercy of God. I don't like when Christians get too much involved in the outward manifestation of spiritual decisions. I really don't like it. They talk so emptily. They take sides. Unnecessarily. They do. And it's really, really annoying. Ignorance will be staring you in the face when believers are supposed to be the ones educating people around. That is why, you know, I used to say it, you've heard me say it before. When Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, what does that tell you? It means shameful. That if you preach the gospel to somebody that doesn't understand, he will tell you you're stupid. If you, listen, if an intelligent man, well-versed in politics, economics, social studies, he knows world affairs, if you tell him the gospel, the true gospel, he will look at you and tell you you are stupid. And if he doesn't say you are stupid, your gospel is not pure. You should go home and say, how come what I'm saying makes sense to that guy? You should go and refine that gospel, purify it. When you bring it again, the man will tell you you are thoroughly out of your mind. That's how you know you are preaching the truth. That's why Paul said, I am not ashamed. Because naturally speaking, it's a shameful thing. Now, just for emphasis, is the truth though? Are you getting my point? The gospel is true. Is the other person that is so worldly, can only see on the physical, but because they are the, the majority, that's why it is shameful. If we're dealing with angels and even demons, there's no shame in it. The demons know it. They say, ah, why are you talking about this cross again now? They were there. They know the effect of it. And so that's why I say boldly also, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. If you listen to me on Sunday when I was on radio, I told everybody, <laughs> isn't it? I, I said, if you call here to argue with me, I don't have your time. Because I know what an average person wants to say. I don't want to hear it. Now, my own is that I was just tired of Christians talking like unbelievers. I want us to understand that. Now, let me continue the things I'm telling you. Fact. Satan has been allowed by God to tempt everybody, including Christians. And one of the major things he's trying to do is to tempt people out of the inheritance of God for their lives. One of my brothers said something, which I believe very strongly. He said, he published recently that Nigeria has overtaken India as a country that has the poorest people on the earth. He said, you know why they are telling you that? They want you to distrust your country so that you come to their own. They need your slave labor. He said, nobody who has been to India will make that statement. He said, you have never been to Nigeria or you have never been to India. There are statements you don't make. To tell me that Nigeria has the highest number. Do you know how much our beggars make? <laughs> I hope you know. An Enugu beggar earns more than an Enugu civil servant. Yes, 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 sir. Am I lying? No, sir. A director in Enugu civil service does not make as much as the beggar on the streets. True. I am not, I hope you are, I'm not kidding. You. These guys go, they have bank accounts. 
Oh, no, no, no. No, it's not a joke. At the end of the day, was it my wife or who told me? They went to FCMB. Saw one guy just come off a road. He couldn't see. They were, they were counting his money for him and lodging it in. <laughs> not a joke. I'm, what I've told you literally happened. This FCMB, the one on, uh, is it Garden Avenue? Uh, uh, yes. Uh, you, you, you want to try? <laughs> Someone will be lying to me that uh, Nigeria has oh, the highest number of poor people in the world. Nonsense talk. Rubbish talk. They are, look, they are trying to make us angry with ourselves. They will not donate ourselves to work for them. We are not going anywhere. Leave it. Did you come to complain to you? <laughs> it's very funny. You'll be swallowing tramadol for our headache. Eh? Tramadol na ayatoko. We don't use panadol, not the work again. We buy tramadol because we have a headache. Now go online, be some kind of thing. Explain to us we are corrupt. I hope you know facts. I wanted to put it on radio. Isn't it? I forgot. People are shouting. I hope you know, last year, 25,000 people were murdered in Mexico. 120, now 121, last count, politicians had been killed in Mexico towards this election that they held this weekend. I hope you know there are 300 murders every year in Chicago. I hope you are aware of some of these facts. I hope there's, you know, BBC reports, there's an average of one mass shooting a day in the United States of America. I hope you know these things. Nobody tells you these things. I hope you know the, about the vi- most violent place in Africa is South Africa. Where Agbero, they use AK-47 to take fight. Lagos Agbero, na knife. And Cutlass. AK-47, that they use for South Africa when they want to fight Agbero. I hope you are aware that America has an average of one mass shooting a day. When I read the BBC report earlier in the year, it said there were over 300 mass shootings last year in the United States. That what just happened was that they are so common that except you kill a sizable number of people, they don't bother reporting it. I'm not going to emphasize something to you. Then, like, you know, Satan is, oh, look, Satan is trying to dislodge people from their inheritance. That's what I'm trying to emphasize. And I'm talking about the warrior's perspective. Understand what is going on. As a Christian, that's why we read those two scriptures we started with. The earth will be filled with the knowledge of God as the waters cover the sea. Alright? Now, we also read, what was the first one we read? Yes, yes, yes. I read Daniel 32 to emphasize something. Like I told you, I'm going to adapt the scripture. It said he you know, according to the, when God separated the, the sons of men, He arranged them according to the number of the sons of Israel. Now, the application is that the aim of God, you understand, is that He has arranged the nations so as to make complete the body of Christ that He has ordained. Every nation is important to Him. Every single one is important. I am convinced, alright, this is my opinion, you can disagree with it, but this is what I think. You see, you see the war going on in Syria? I hope it's not the devil. It's the judgment of God. You know what happened in Iraq? It's not the devil. It's the judgment of God. I'm not saying Satan has no involvement. Satan, what he does is to tempt you so that you will sin against God until there's no remedy. There's one man that called on radio on Sunday. I never thought about it until the man called to ask the question. When he first started, I thought he wanted to raise sentiments. But, you know, we listened to him that day. Then by the time we are done, I noticed one thing he was saying. He was describing a time when there was crisis and they killed innocent people amongst the places in Meduguri. And when he described a woman that was killed in her house with four of her children, they just closed the door, 
burn the house on them. And he now said that these are the things that God is punishing them for now. Do you know the truth? I never thought about that until she said it. He said it on radio. God punishes people. He does. When you defile a land, when he wants to judge, <laughs> when he wants to judge, newspaper can be talking their own. He's doing his own. When, and please, I hate this thing that they are attacking Christians. No, I'm not saying they are, they are not attacking Christians. But who do you call Christians? Just because you are not a Muslim does not make you a Christian. I hope you know that. The fact that you are not a Christian, a Muslim, does not make you a Christian. But the way we think in, in international relations now is that once you are not a Muslim, you are a Christian. Once your grandfather's name is Solomon or Moses, you know, and then you went to church one day, even though you live as loosely and as uselessly as people that have never seen the name Jesus anywhere, even though you entertain your neighbor, your, your visitors with your wives, it doesn't matter. At least on Sunday you go to church. These are cultures people have. You know what I'm talking about. Even though you go to church on Sunday or Monday, you are a Babalao. On Tuesday, you are in Oboni. On Wednesday, you are an arm robber. Thursday, you come out and say you are 419. Friday, we don't know what you are up to. Then you back on Sunday, you donate money. They will call you a Christian. But God says the soul that sins shall die. That's his definition of his work. That is, that's what he's doing. Let's be careful. When that woman said that in that day, and that man said that in on Sunday, I said, well, I didn't even think about that. That sometimes what is happening is that the land is being polluted. It has been polluted. And God is vomiting, that the land is vomiting at the inhabitants. God is pouring out his indignation upon the land. But that's not what the newspaper will report. That's why we prayed, the, we prayed last time. Let's remember, we are dealing with divine indignation. So the way we react to it is not, it's not a tribal reaction. It's not a sectarian reaction. It's not an accusatory reaction against the Sabians who attacked Job. Didn't you read how what happened to Job? You and I know it was Satan that came accused Job and God granted him some, you know, some powers. And it, it manifested in the ways things like that manifest. You saw armed attacks and we saw uh, what they call it, climatic trouble. Job's own was so much in a hurry. The, in fact, yeah, Job himself, disease joined his own. When God was angry with Israel, when David numbered Israel, one angel, not two. Don't try those angels. One went into Israel, one, with his sword. He began to kill. He had killed 70,000. I know God told him, you know, you know what God did to David now? He sent a prophet to him, said, look, guy, you have three options. Let me just arrange it that way. Three days in my hands. Three months in the hands of your enemies or three years of famine. Choose one. That's how God does it. David, check on, check on, check on. Three years of famine, no. My enemies are super merciless. <laughs> he said, tell God. Because they left him no option. He said, tell God. We'll take three days in his hands because we know he's a merciful God. So they, God heard that. He said, no problem. Start day one. The, Oh God, those angels, they are never on anybody's side. Yeah, a child of God is your personal problem. They don't understand all of those things. <laughs> you know, they came to fight in uh, Jericho. Joshua has said, are you on our side or on their side? <laughs> the guy said, no, none of the above. I day where I day. Now, where you day, you go to ask yourself. Oh. <laughs> you, don't ask me where I am. Ask yourself on whose side are you. Because if on the lost side, safe for you. The angels came, they said, who sinned? The Lord said, Israel, what am I supposed to do? 
take them out. They, they when they started from the periphery and began to kill. Now, WHO will have recorded it as cholera. WHO will have called it Ebola. WHO will have called it Lassa fever. They will have had all kinds of names for it. But the Bible says it was an angel that moved in. Then when he approached Jerusalem, God looked and felt sorry. And what David said came to pass. He said, he's a merciful God. That angel worked for one and a half days. 70,000 died. And then I said, yeah, go and offer sacrifice. David looked up and saw the angel up there. His sword was drawn. That was when he now came to offer the sacrifice, which he uses to defraud people. <laughs> he said that I will not offer to God. That will cost me nothing. And your pastor said, I said, huh? This pastor said, although they are not the ones that are dangerous, the church, wicked people. <laughs> when you don't give, we have to find a way to collect the money. <laughs> but all of us are going to be judged equally. <laughs> those of us that lied to you and those of you who will lie to. He lied with the word. God said, you too. Without that. <laughs> no, he said, your daddy said, they provoke. People will tell you that, ah, when we're in that church, they collected all our money. Now you have left. We know they see anything. <laughs> So people will come and say, that pastor made me pay 500,000 naira before he prayed. Me that pray free of charge, I don't see your five naira. That is why God has released, <laughs> has released a lying spirit in the mouth of many prophets to discipline the Christian. The Lord is good. Now, like, that's not part of our message. The point I'm making is that David, that's when David now made that statement that I don't want to give an offering that does not cost me anything. Now, just some people are asking, what does it really mean? Let me tell you what it means. The other day, I wanted to give money to some people. So I asked one of our sisters that was with me. I said, please, can you just lend me some money? They didn't have cash. So and we couldn't get to... In fact, we actually went to three ATMs. All the ATMs were not working. You understand? So I just said, please, do you have this amount of money there? She said she did. I said, okay, can I borrow it? So as we're now going to the airport, I said, can I have your account number? Let me transfer it back to you. She refused. I beg now. I borrowed money from you to dash somebody. He said, this man of God, leave me alone. Ah! I asked somebody, please help me intervene. I just brought it to, because I needed to give some people. You understand? She said, oh, this pastor, will you stop disturbing me? So when I go to the airport, and I call her to the side. I said, my dear sister, thank you for your generosity. I'm grateful. I said, but I cannot give something to somebody that doesn't cost me anything. She now said, okay. That's why she now gave me an account number and I transferred the money back. Many times happened. One of my brothers, I was saying, please, it's Christmas time. I need to honor somebody. So help me buy this, 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 and this. Okay, yeah, that should cost about how much? I said, no, no, sir, don't worry, don't worry, sir. I said, I'm not worried. Please. He said, no, sir, no, it's okay, sir. I said, please. When you want to give me a gift, I will receive it. But now, I am trying to give somebody a gift. I don't want to give a gift that's not costing me anything. That was what David said. It didn't mean that, ha, if he's not paying me, it's not... (laughs) But I just want to say, that's not part of our message, but some people may be asking when I refer to it. So what David was saying is this. I am the one giving a sacrifice. It should come out from my flock. It should come out from my pocket. The cost should be my cost, not your cost. It's my offering. That's what he said. He wasn't saying, I, ah, it must, it must be paining me. If I have 500,000, I will give 600,000. So I'll not be, that's not what he said, okay? Just by the way. Alright? The Lord is good. Now the point I'm making is that he now offered the sacrifices or the sacrifice and then that was when the plague stopped. You see, I'm trying to explain something. We are dealing with mercy from God when he's angry. I believe this revelation I got from the Lord is that this nation 
is on was under I don't know I don't know is or was whatever it applies I don't know indignation and Christians should learn to react not by the political noise we are making do you get my point the head of state is always bashed when these things happen this particular one is just unfortunate in that he's a full animal but things like this happened when Obasanjo was there are you getting my point and but my message today is that Christians take your eyes off the physical Lift your eyes to the spiritual and understand how to interpret what is going on. Learn that. So when you want to pray, pray with that in mind. Because when you get to many churches, they have this, you know, north-south prayer point. All our enemies die by fire prayer point. And who are the enemies? The enemies are the Serbians. The enemies are the physical people. You don't realize that your enemy, one is the devil, the accuser of the brethren, who tempted the people in the first place, who has obtained judgment against them from the throne of God, that except you go back to that same throne and ask for mercy, there's nothing you can do. You need to speak like that. When people are talking and grumbling outside, just shut your mouth, don't say anything. Because you don't need to cast your pearls before swine. Otherwise, they are really going to rend you. They will call you names. They will even tell you, this is the problem with Christians in Nigeria. They are not up and doing they don't match their faith with, with works. What is works? Buy gun, buy bullet. No, that's not Christianity. Real Christianity is look at life from a spiritual perspective. That's number one. The main thing I kind of wanted to say. Listen to me. Are you listening to this? Listen to this. Are you listening to it? God has ordained you and me to work with him to take over your own nation. That's why I read that Jeremiah 32. He has caught this to decide that you and I can take over. I don't know whether you're getting my point. In the way he caught the country, according to the number of the sons of Israel, that the Bible says, is the size that you and I can take over. That is why hunger will not drive me away so that Boko Haram can win. Nobody Economic trouble, plagues, famine is not driving me. You know the reason? I am not, look, I told you, one of our sisters called me the other day and told me that, look, Pastor Banky, I'm being tempted. I said, what is the issue? I think I want to go back to the UK. Why? She said, I used to live there. As I came, it's been one trouble after the other. That where I live, it used to be peaceful, but that now there's a lot of trouble now and all of that. And we keep on hoping for the best, hoping for the best things to improve, but it hasn't after all these years. She wasn't talking about financial prosperity. If it's financial prosperity, she's okay. You know? Uh, that, so, I really don't know that. I'm thinking of going back to the UK. By the way, I am not thinking of going to the UK. You know why? Two days ago, about 40 or 60, 20 or 40 schools in London, or that, in, anyway, in England, in UK, somewhere, I'm not sure, sure. Over there, they banned skirts for girls. Secondary schools. They banned skirts for girls in about 40 schools in the UK now, and it's spreading. More schools are adding to it. Why? They say they want a gender-neutral uniform. I like the way you shout there. Ah. Did you hear what I said? They didn't say girls cannot wear trousers to school. They said nobody, henceforth, is allowed to wear skirts. They said why? He said because there are some gender-confused children in school that they will not feel discriminated against. You, you, I, I like the fact that you're not laughing too much because you are too sad. And to be mused. Can you believe that? The adults sat down 
and said to cater for transgender children. We ban every girl in the school from wearing skirts. I think I prefer Islamic, Islamic headsmen. No, really, they are better company for me. Look, 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 let's tell ourselves the truth. This guy ain't going anywhere. I consider the problems I see around Nigeria more reasonable than that one. That you, my daughter will come and say, Daddy, they say from today to tomorrow we cannot wear skirt to school again. I say, ah, what's wrong with your skirt? They are nice. Say, no. Say, some of my classmates are transgender, so they are confused about their identity, so I need to join them. <laughs> yeah, they said that, they, that those people need to feel comfortable. So everybody, the story I'm telling you, you can go little it It's just, I didn't have time to read it out for you now. You understand? It's really, literally, it's there. It's not, I'm not joking about it. Though. It's literally there. Girls cannot wear skirts anymore simply because some people are gender confused. So my sister said that she was tempted to go to the UK. I said, listen. I said, lead me to our discourage at a particular point in time. When too much will holler, jam your head. David said, when my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to your rock. I said, there's one thing that gave me encouragement in the midst of discouragement. And that's what I'm preaching to you this evening. He said, what I said, a sense of purpose. I'm not here to feel safe. I'm not here to feel secure. I'm not here to feel, to become rich. I'm here to let Satan know that he's not getting this particular country. He's not getting it. I don't know whether you're getting my point. I am here to let him know, this one, you won't get it. Throw all the tantrums you want, you will not get it. I used to say this when I first came to Enugu. I don't know. Enugu is quieting down a lot. If you were here around this, I came 19 years ago. When did I come? 2000. Yes, 18 years ago. 2001. Oh my God. I'm robbery everywhere. People have been packed in boots all the time. You drive your car, you know? <laughs> so then when I went to buy a car, what do you call a V-boot? They said thieves like it. I said, I like it too. It makes two of us. They like it. I like it. I said, there's only one difference. I was sent by God. They were not. So they will die. I will drive my car in peace. And guess what happened? They died. And I drove my car in peace. I said, listen, you will not drive me. I am more important than you. You are an arm robber. I am a child of God, a servant of the Almighty. I decide that this land belongs to Jesus. You, you have a choice out of two. You either repent or you perish out of the way. And guess what happened? Most did not repent. They perished out of the way. People told me that, look, money is in Lagos. I said, anywhere I go, prosperity is there. Why? Because it will cause prosperity to flow towards me. I'm explaining a warrior's perspective. No soldier says that this, this terrain is rough. Let's go and fight where it is easier. Have you ever seen that before? The soldier settles down and says, this is where I'm supposed to take. They will fight until they take it. You know, I stumbled into um, this man's speech, one, well, one of the small speeches he made, Winston Churchill, after he became prime minister. In their, what do you call it? The, anyway, their house. In the house. What do you call it? Uh, yes, in their parliament. I like one thing he said. He said, we are not going to negotiate with the Germans and we will not surrender. They were being bombed though. <laughs> I don't know whether you are getting my point. Yet the man was defiant. We are not negotiating and we will not surrender. And that is the spirit I want Christians to have. I am not negotiating with Satan. I am not surrendering. It is surrender. When I get out, I say, this country is too risky. I am going somewhere safe. 
by the way, this is God's word. If you make a decision like that, what you meet where you are going will be worse than what you saw where you are coming from. That is the word of God to Christians. It doesn't have to be natural. What you will meet where you are running to will eventually be worse than what you ran away from. Please take that word to everybody. I've told you, you can go anywhere you like in this world. Not a problem. You can start from Burundi, pass to Rwanda, end up in South Africa, stay there for a year, jump to, um, to Peru, go to Colombia, leave that place, go to Mexico, cross the border, Donald Trump arrests you, separates you, for your, from your children, <laughs> rejoins you again. I'm telling you. Then you walk across, you reach Canada, they welcome you, post you to near Alaska, you know? Some of you, because this is your bushy hair, now cold never blow you. <laughs> Some of you become bald. <laughs> when cold blows over your head twice. Go anywhere you like, it's not a problem. Why are you going is a question. Let me say it again. No Christian. This is the word of the Lord. No believer will find safety or security anywhere on this earth except it is where God planted him or her. I hope you're getting my point. He said, what if I have trouble where I am? Because I better enjoy it and endure it and arrange it that the trouble will come to an end. Look, that's what he said. Pray for the peace of that land where I kept you. He said, if you don't have trouble there, if you don't have peace there, it's because you didn't pray enough for peace. So you pray for peace so that you can have peace. You will pray for peace there. But if you think you will run, you know what he said? If you think you will run, he said, those who are pursuing you will be swift. He said, that is what I have ordained for believers in Christ Jesus. Anything you are running from, the spirits pursue you, I give them more wind in their sail. They will catch up with you. They will overtake you. He said, this they will get from my hand. They will lie down in torment. Open your Bible. Let's read it again. The book of Isaiah. I like this. (laughs) Verse 15. Isaiah chapter 30. He said, for thus says the Lord, verse 15. The Lord God, the Holy One of Israel has said, verse 15, Isaiah chapter 13, in repentance and rest you will be saved. In quietness and trust is your strength. He said, but you were not willing. What did he say? <laughs> verse 16. No, for we flee on horses. God said, therefore you will have cause to flee. He said, we will ride on swift horses. He said, therefore those who pursue you shall be swift. Let, let me just rub it down there. That's why I was quoting verse 16 there. God has forbidden it. That Christians should have the I will run mentality. They are not allowed to have that attitude at all. They must have the I will fight mentality. I hope you are getting my point. You must have the I will fight mentality. God will allow things to happen to test you. If news disturbs you, stop reading the papers. Anytime you hear something, you know what God is saying? You find another cause to pray, not another cause to run. I don't know whether you're getting my point. You have found another cause to take spiritual action, not another cause to disappear. God did not make disappearing children who run away unless they are under a curse. He said when that is when their problem will come. When they are under a curse, when they refuse to repent. He said, in repentance and in rest, they will be saved. 
the church of Christ is an attacking church. I hope you're getting my point. Look, they are not afraid of anybody's agenda. In fact, when they hear the agenda, they rise up with their own counter-agenda. And they first repent of waiting for somebody to use agenda to wake them up. They should have been constantly agendaing all this while. I need to manufacture my English to make my point clear. I hope you understand my point. You are supposed to be agendaing all the time. I said the other time, if God grants peace, don't sit down. See the peace as ceasefire. Opportunity to get up and go and work. Let's read this one too. Isaiah chapter 15. The fact that you are doing the will of God does not guarantee that everything will just be smooth and easy. Every time God will give you a reason to pray, a reason to plot spiritual plots, a reason to advance from comfort zones. This is a prophetic word about the body of Christ. Verse 10. Who is among you that fears the Lord, that obeys the voice of his servant? He said that works, that is, despite that you're walking in darkness and you have no light. What does that mean? You're broke. You don't have money. Things don't seem to be working up, even though you're a believer. What is the instruction? Let him trust in the name of the Lord and rely on his God. Sometimes God keeps people in a particular spot for a reason. But people say, no, I can't wait. Now, verse 11. He said, all of you who kindle a fire, who encircle yourselves with firebrands. He said, go on, walk in the light of your own fire. And among the brands you have set ablaze. He said, this you will have, you will have from my hand. You will lie down in torment. Did you notice that? I hope you know I didn't write the book of Isaiah. Nobody asked me whether I liked what was inside there. Listen, I am not, God has, if I, if I try it, I'll be in trouble. I'm not the preacher that God has sent. He can encourage people. Don't discourage them. Bros, forget that thing. Tell the truth. Those who want to be encouraged will be encouraged. Those who want to be discouraged will be discouraged. My duty is to tell the truth. Listen, if you're a believer, I'm talking about how to have the warrior's perspective. When you hear things going on around, don't think uh, this is now, they have now proven to you, you need to run. If I, I like run, running these days, I don't mean I'm going to run, I mean, I'm going to say something. My wife and I were analyzing the other day, I said, God is using you to purge. Some people, if you are not serious, just run, go. Leave this work for all those who are serious to do. Yeah. Listen, people of God, when you hear trouble, it is not the proof that you need to tell yourself you need to escape. It is what you need at this point. I'm giving you the word of the Lord for the moment. Because what is going on right now is a claim for the land. I'm not talking about full animal and trying to claim land in the Bielsa. I'm talking about spiritual battle. That this nation that was strategically prepared according to the number of the sons of the church. Are you getting my point? Satan said that let's take it. And it's getting the biggest cooperation from believers. And that is the word that I have come with to counteract today. That is the attitude. I've come with a word from God to tell it must end. If I have a neighbor who decides to encroach into... In fact, you know, in a village... Is that not how village fight starts? Have you ever seen anybody run away from the village now because the neighbors are trying to encroach into his land? They start fighting. They go to court. Is that not so? But Christians say, no, let us pack and go to America. <laughs> they are taking your land. That is... I, I, I hope you understand what I call land now. I'm not talking about headsmen. I'm talking about... The peace of God. I'm talking about the nation for Christ. And they are doing it with noise, rumors, rumors of war, threats. 
and you are the one forwarding it to all your friends, for other believers to scare them, and they are now saying that the solution is let's disappear. Whatever you are running from, as a child of God, what you are going to meet there will be worse from where you, than what you, what you ran away from. But after this, a matter of fact, your attitude must be that of what a warrior, a fighter. A sister told me once that listen, that this reporter caught too much trouble. That she was about to invest a lot of money in the land. She's beginning to think twice about it. I said, why? I said, there's too much. The place is not peaceful. I said, so how do you think peace will return? Let me tell you. See that money? Bring it as a special offering. I'm joking. <laughs> did you say that? <laughs> I hope you know that's a joke. <laughs> I said to her, I said, that money, you know what you will do? You will invest it. You will buy that land. You will dig the fence, the, the, the ground, put your fence in, put your signboard, get all your permits, start the business you want to start. Don't worry about it. I said it's called a digging. I said when you want to claim a land, that's what you do. You buy property there. You will sit down there. You are telling God with a sign. Are you getting my point? That I'm not afraid. I will stay here. You are telling Satan, <sighs> you will run. I will not run. One of our brothers in Sokoto, last time I went there, was giving me a story of when he and Pastor Corey first arrived those days. He says Southerners in Sokoto used to live near the barracks. They hang around on, on Fridays. They always find something to do near the barracks. That every Friday they are looking for trouble. They are waiting for trouble. So when they arrived, they began to teach the people that no, it's not done like that. You want to claim this land for Jesus? That's not how you are going to do it. He said, you don't understand what you are doing. You will live here, make money here, you run to the side and go and build a house. You are saying something to God with that. You are saying to God, I don't believe in this land. You, they can have it. So he told them, say no. This brother I was telling you about. He began to encourage the Christians. If God gives you money, buy land here, build your house here. Give yourself a right to talk. It's, this is spiritual battle. So the Christians were always, he said, the confident, no confidence. They began to teach. So next thing they knew that new areas of town began to open up. The, the areas he was showing, he said, all these houses are owned by southerners. He said, what if they take the land from you, the house from you? Let's listen to me. It's a possibility. I'm not saying it's not a possibility. But so what? Were you planning to carry it to heaven before? It's for your children. Nonsense. These are your children that I'm saying. They won't live in it. And if they live in it, it's a curse. I hope you understand that. They didn't prosper. No parent, no father is praying that his children will queue up and be fighting over, this is my... This is my father's house. No, nobody wants that. Are you praying for that for your children? Nobody. Nobody wants that. If your son is still waiting, say, Daddy, when are you packing out? Then you know that you are filled. You know there's trouble. <laughs> you, you just know there is trouble. Say, ha, what did I not do? What you really want is, while you are still alive, while you are still alive and well, he comes to you and says, Daddy, please, I want you to be the chairman of the dedication. Say, ah, yeah, well, dedicating what? Yeah, we we'll, we'll finished our factory, but the Lord has now blessed us, so we said, let's just build one small house for my wife and I and our children. And you now come there, you see one nice, small, fine house that's bigger than your own. Are you getting my point? <laughs> you know, you'll be glad. You'll be glad. You will be glad. Find out you are leaving house for your children. Anybody tells that again, 30 pesos is nonsense talk. That you're trying to place a curse on these children. Now, he said, but the Bible says, houses and riches are from the fathers. Look. When the Bible says houses are from the fathers, you know what they are saying? 
what God was saying that that is what fathers can give. They can hand houses down. After all, when you leave the house behind, you will hand it to them. But you are not hoping that that's what they will be waiting for. That is not the blessing in it. Your prayer is that the glory of the latter house should be greater than that of the former. You don't want... So, if they take the house, let them take it, let them have it. Also, what? And then, remember, I'm talking about the warrior's perspective. You did not build it as an inheritance, first of all. You built it as what? A digging. What I call a digging. I told my sister that day, I said, sis, invest the money, don't worry about it. And believe me, the money she was talking about <laughs> wasn't small money. But I said to her, put it there. Let the crisis take it. But if you don't, you are weakening your ability to pray. I hope you're getting my point here. Listen, we're not running. No. Let's rise to our feet. We're seeing the devil notice that we are more important than you. We are more powerful than you. We're saying, Satan, you can threaten everything. We are the people of God. We are the church of Christ. Upon this rock, he said, I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Don't ever forget it. It is not the gate that is advancing. It is the church that is advancing. That is why the gate is trying to hold us back. The problem we have had is that we have tried to sit back. I've opened our mouth and said, no, no, cut the bridge so that they can't come. We had, if you cut the bridge, how will you go? <laughs> Let me say if you notice, nobody's breaking this country. You know the reason why? I'll tell you the simple reason. If you sound cocky, but this is the simple reason. Because I said no. And don't disagree with me, otherwise you have mouth pain. <laughs> if you want peace from your mouth, say it with me. Nobody's breaking this country. Nobody's breaking this country. Uh-huh. Amen. Amen. That's it. That's it. Nobody. You know why? I don't want the bridge broken. Last year I was in Sokoto twice preaching. It was easy. I just get to Abuja, body flight. They dropped me right there, next to the seat of the caliphate. And I would join my friend Pastor Courage and shout, Jesus is Lord over this land. If you break it, you are making my life more difficult. We are claiming every corner. He has already arranged it the way it is. It's only when we walk in disobedience persistently, we discover it to start fragmenting under our watch. And then we are held responsible. That's why we will not be able to sleep in peace. That is why we will now have to run. He said, because you said I will flee, God said, therefore I will give you cause to flee. He said, because you said I will ride on horses, he said, therefore your pursuers will be swift. But that will not happen to you in Jesus' name. No, it's not happened to us in the name of Jesus Christ. We are warriors and we understand it. And we take some important steps. Number one, we pray. That's why we pray. That's That's what I want to just share with us. That's why we pray. That's why we pray the way we do. That's why we watch our mouth. We don't talk nonsense. When people say break, he said not here. He said, if you break it, I can't advance towards that side. So we said no. Remember I said last time we are the church. You, you understand that? So everybody say, we say no. No, say it. Say we say no. We say no. We are the church. We, are the church. we, say, no. we say no. Nobody's breaking anything. Nobody's say it. Nobody's breaking anything. No. Nobody will make advancing the, the course of Jesus more difficult. Nobody will make advancing the course of Jesus more difficult. Say amen to that. Amen. Look, that's what, what prayer means. People do the opposite of prayer all the time. And they finish watching football. When they are drunk, 
They'll be talking nonsense. Those things, you know, for an average believer, those things that we say when we are angry, they are just as powerful. In fact, more powerful than the ones we say when we are praying. Do you know why? Those ones are coming from the heart. Many times when we are praying, we are repeating what we are told. But when we get up and say, what kind of nonsense is this one? This country is a useless country. In fact, they should scatter. That is the one that has more power. Because you said it out of passion. You said it having eaten a negative venison. You know, are you getting my point? <laughs> when Isaac wanted to bless, well, who we now know was Jacob. Are you getting my point? He said, go and get me something to eat. Get me a newspaper report. Let me see who has been killed so I can curse the country. He said, go and get me something to eat so I can bless you from inside my heart. In the same manner, when you have seen negative, when, you, when they show you pictures, you know all these pictures that they say that people slaughtered in Plato State? If I tell you this, you're surprised. You do not have not seen one. It was forwarded to me from every angle. Once it hits, delete, 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 delete. I have not seen one. Why? I said, I'm not looking. Now, that body I never seen before. I have seen corpses of all sizes and shapes and in different levels of decomposition. I've seen fresh ones as they are dying. I have certified people dead. I have seen people they cut to pieces. I have seen people shot in the head, in the leg, in the back, every part of the body. So what new thing are you showing me? Oh, you don't know? I'm a pathologist. They've dug corpses out of grave for me before. I have walked into Okija Shrine to find out what's wrong with the corpses there. What are you showing me from Plato that I've not seen before? Nonsense. I'm not saying, I refuse to look. Oh, and <laughs> I hope you know, most of the things they fall up and down did not happen in Nigeria. I hope you know that one. I don't even know, but I mean, I never delete, I never find it, you know. I never see them. Once you start, click, 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 delete, delete. And if you are, if I identify you <laughs> as a forwarder of nonsense, <laughs> I won't even warn you. I'll block you out of my life, Satan. Go. Get off my network, Satan. <laughs> no, that's it, that's it. And that's the reason why I will never be one to discourage anybody. We are fighting. Listen to me, those are the devices of the devil. Those are their devices. Nobody forwarded to me, like I was telling you, what Fanica wrote, I quoted scriptures. I said, do you realize that land is apportioned by God? I said, no matter anybody's machinations, decisions, anger, only the plan of God will stand. Say amen to that. Amen. Like we said on radio, they said, get your PVC. I said, get your PVC, your civic duty. But if you think that will help you decide who's the next president, it's not going to help you decide. Only God decides. Most people's PVCs are useless in their hands. Do you know why? They vote against their own prayers. What do I mean? You know the example I gave you before? A man came to me, a student, fellow student, said that boy is useless. He can never do anything good for this association. He said, but I voted for him. I said, ah, why? He said, you see, he's my brother. Like I said on radio, I will say it here. Isn't it it's here again? You will hear it. I said, that's how idiots reason. So many people are saying, PVC, PVC, PVC. What is that PVC? The PVC I even know is polyvinyl chloride. <laughs> now plumb, plumbing, plumbing matter. <laughs> it will not appoint the head of state. So forget that thing. We will get our PVCs, amen? amen. But it's because it's our civic duty. Listen to me, it's not PVC we need. It's prayer to God. 
from a heart of faith. That's why we declared it last time and we're declaring it again. God rules in our affairs. Say amen. amen. This is amen. It's not just agreement to. It is the church of God decreeing. Lord Jesus, appoint our leaders. Amen. Give us peace and prosperity. Amen. Have mercy upon our land. Amen. Stir up your church to advance your truth. Amen. We dedicate ourselves again to you. Amen. Use us as your instruments. Amen. We are not runners. We don't flee. We are warriors for Christ Jesus. We claim this land in the name of Jesus. We speak from Sokoto to Bono State. You belong to Jesus Christ. Down south, Lagos, Cross River, every part of the south, you belong to Jesus Christ. Anywhere in between these places, you belong to Jesus Christ. Every corner of this nation that God appointed because of his purpose in his church, we say to it, you belong to the Lord Jesus Christ. Every corner belongs to Jesus. Lord, we are not looking for safety anywhere else. We are not looking for safety anywhere else. Our safety is in you. Wherever you situate us, there we will be safe. Lord, there we will be safe. There we will be safe. We are not afraid of trouble. Safety is of the Lord. Like somebody says, safety is not the absence of danger. It is the presence of God. That's why the Bible says, though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death. It's not about the absence of danger. It says you will fear no evil. Why? For the Lord is with you. It's the presence of God that is safety. It's not the absence of danger. It is the presence of God. Therefore, I say to every warrior of Christ here this evening, wherever you go for Christ Jesus, there you will be safe. Amen. You know, my brother, Pastor Corey, he just excites me. Last, today I called, yesterday I called him. I said, oh, you were there now? And we called him. I said, where are you now? He said, I'm just entering Sokoto. I said, ah, they born you for road. He said, I will for do. That was the answer he gave me. He said, I will for do now. What's happening? He's coming to Enugu because we have a meeting here. He said, he wants to go and drop his two children. They followed him to Meduguri. He has four kids. Two boys, one girl, one boy. The two first sons, they followed him to Meduguri. They are university students. They are holiday. They said, come, let's go and preach the gospel. They all entered the vehicle and drove to Meduguri. <laughs> Some of you say, that guy, his name is appropriate. Courage. <laughs> and when they were going, the day before that time, I think there was a bomb blast. He said, he didn't tell anybody. He didn't want to scare anybody. He packed his two children. said, let's go and preach the gospel. I think God gave you this life just to come and enjoy. Let's go and preach. But listen to me. Wherever they go, they will be safe. Amen. Wherever you go, you will be safe. Amen. If God ordained you to go into the midst of Sambisa, don't worry. Safety is your portion. Amen. If you put your leg on a grenade, it will not go off. Amen. If you stand on a landmine, an anti-personnel mine, nothing will happen to you. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. This is the word of the Lord to you. Though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you will fear no evil, for the Lord is with you. In the name of Jesus Christ. Prosperity has come to you. Don't go looking for it. You know, I like the way they say the commission upon this ministry. Yes, this is one upon this ministry. Anybody who has listened to what I'm preaching, this is the word of God to you. Behold, I will cause prosperity to flow towards you like a river, and the wealth of the nations like an overflowing stream. It's forbidden you go looking for it. It will come to you. Amen.
in the name of Jesus Christ. I said it will come to you in the name of Jesus. It will come to you in the name of Jesus. This is God's assignment for you. He said you are the salt of the earth and you are the light of the world. What it means is that you are the reason evil will not take over. You are the reason judgment will be pushed back. And you are the light of the world. Everybody will see you and know what is right to do. You will be an example for people to follow. Listen, you are not from that village. You are from heaven. This was born not of the will of flesh, but by the will of God. You are representing not your tribe, but the tribe of heaven. Yes. He said, give offense neither to Jews or to Gentiles or to the church of God. That is your country, the church of God. You are from the new Jerusalem. You are of Zion, the Israel of God. And nobody lied to you that God has a special people hanging somewhere in the Middle East. The special people of God, they are around you here. Just look around, look around, look around, just look around. Look at special people. Look around, look around. I will pinch yourself a bit. Special people. Special people. <laughs> you understand my point? These are special people. I see Christians exporting their blessing. Saying you bless a Jew, God will bless you. Nonsense. Bless me, you are blessed. This is the guy. You bless me, you are blessed already. Are you getting my point? When that promise was given to Abraham and his seed, and Paul told us, it's not seed as in many, seeds as in many, but seed one. And that seed, he said, is whom? It's Christ Jesus. If you're in Christ this evening, give me an amen. amen. So you see, you are blessed. Amen. Blessing, look, you are blessed. Amen. You are blessed already. Amen. This is God's word. Prosperity will come to you. Amen. It will come to you. Amen. It will come to you. It will come to you. I speak to the north, release. To the south, bring forth. To the east and the west, let go his prosperity. It's coming to high in the name of Jesus. Behold, the word of the Lord says, I will cause prosperity to flow towards you like a river. And the wealth of the nation that can overflow stream. And listen to me, as the mountains surround Jerusalem, so are you surrounded. The angel of the Lord has encamped around you and will deliver you from all troubles. When you sleep, you will be safe. When you travel, safety is your portion. Amen. Don't be afraid of headsmen. They are magnifying evil in your ears. You are safe. Amen. Everybody, the Bible says everything is for you. Everything is working for your good. God will make everything work for your good in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Listen, you are not a job seeker. You are a blessing to somebody. Amen. Anybody you work for will know somebody works there. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. And you will be an employer. Amen. And you will take care of people who are working for you. In the name of Jesus Christ. You are a blessing. You are God's warrior. You are God's warrior. If you believe you are God's warrior, just lift your hands and give him thanks. Say, Lord, I thank you. For this work you have given me. Say, Lord, I thank you. Say, Lord, I thank you. In the name of Jesus, we have prayed. Lord, your name be praised. In Jesus' name. Now, let's share the grace in fellowship. One to let's go. Because of the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, surely we have passed out of death and we have passed into life. We have passed out of darkness into the light of Christ. We have passed out from under the curse into the blessing. All things have passed away in our lives. We are now filled with the Spirit of Christ. We live above sin and walk above the devil because we are seated high above with Christ. This is our season of multiplication and dominion and shining forth. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Please bless somebody beside you. Three people. This is your season.
three people. This is your season of multiplication and dominion.